are starting episode 57 down the rabbit hole with a very interesting topic again. Yeah. And the title is <laughs> nice. Yeah. We've decided to call it Con- Confusion. Maybe you'll be able to mm. guess what that's about. Maybe, maybe not. not. But you'll find out shortly. Right? Yeah. So we'll pick up with you at the other end when we... Uh, when we pass the news first, yeah. then we will talk about this topic. Yeah. About what is the confusion. Yeah. When is it going to happen? Uh-huh. When is it going to be over? I don't know. Let's get on with it. Yeah. Let's get on with the news. Yeah, and we have first the news and then we talk about it. Okay. Okay, the news. We uh, start with... Actually, both news today are about hackers. They're f- kind of from this hacker conference, aren't they? In yeah. The, what's it called? The Black Hat? The Con- Black Hat Conference in Las Vegas. Which I'm not entirely sure why they call it. I know why it's called Black Hat, <laughs> but they're supposed to be, you know, a force for good, you know, like the yeah. Avengers yeah, assemble. It, it, yeah. Actually, that's interesting, I. Because if you call it Black Hat, it's more like you're it inviting implies, all the criminals to come and have a, con, a, con, exactly. a convention. I no? mean, there is a term, White Hat, so why don't they use Even that? Even Grey Hat, right? Well, yeah, why don't they use that? Anyway. Or just call it Information Security yeah, Conference. Yeah, that's or, fairly boring. Yeah. People might realise that they're just a bunch of geeks, right? <laughs> they're just there for the free shrimp and the... Yeah. So, yeah, this first one. Yeah, the first one. Well... It's very interesting because hackers, mm. they found a way to hack an internet, internet-enabled car wash. Yeah, by a specific manufacturer uh, called yes. Laser Wash, right? And they can actually make this car wash to attack yeah. the, the users. Yeah, kind of uh, they can get control of some of the mechanics in the car wash, like the uh-huh. doors and the, and the rollers. So apparently yeah. they, they can override the safety limits on the rollers, which is obviously slightly worrying. Yeah. I'm not too concerned about the doors opening and shutting, <laughs> but no. the rollers, right? So the company is called PDQ. PDQ, yeah. And they actually... Uh, They're the manufacturer. Of the notified the manufacturer yeah. Yeah. about all this. The yeah. company said that they were going to try to investigate the issues and solve them. And then ignored them. Yes, exactly. Something like that. I've got a feeling that it's probably one of those. Uh-huh. Let, let, let's you know. Let's think about it. Yeah. Car wash, not exactly rocket science, right? No. So you get the feeling that possibly the internet connectivity is probably something really basic. Right? Yeah, I think most of these problems is that uh, they use uh, in this kind of systems because I, I have seen it also in a company that I. Mm-hmm. Uh, made some work uh, recently, a uh-huh. couple of months ago, for a specific um, uh, action, which was uh, they have a big ovens to produce some chemical right. components. Mm-hmm. They had a machine, an automa- uh, automated process to that calculates the formula and makes all the ingredients, uh, right. weighs, weighs the ingredients and mm-hmm. drop them to be mixed and so on. Right. Well, the computer that controls this is a Windows XP because the software doesn't run in another right. type of Windows. Right. Yeah, there's a lot of this, right? Yeah. But I, I suspect that probably this kind of thing, the because it's an internet-connected car wash, so yeah. that that's the only novelty, right? Uh-huh. That probably you can use 
dare I say it, an iPhone app or something <laughs> to, to book your car wash. Probably. And then you just drive in. So probably all this car wash has got is some kind of crude industrial controller on it. Mm-hmm. That's internet connected. Picks up the jobs from a web platform. Yeah. The worst was they were able to hack into it. Yeah. By using the password one two three four five. Yeah, it's not that big a hack, right? <laughs> no, not really. That's bad for the company. It's, bad, it's very bad. It's very so bad. that shows that actually, still the weakest link is always people. I tell you what, I can't understand is users. This has had so much oxygen of publicity. This default password stuff over the years. I simply don't understand why manufacturers don't put in a decent password and let you, the idiot user, turn it into yeah. a stupid password. But they default with a decent password. It, yeah. it doesn't make any sense, does it? Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, uh, most of these services don't even have a an endpoint firewall. Yeah, they have literally you know, nothing. to be able to have uh, not endpoint, just a simple firewall. Yeah, just any firewall. In front. <laughs> And then your internal network. Oh, I mean, the guy from the the company that hacked the thing. Uh-huh. Uh, in fact, actually, the company that... Produces. Uh, produces the thing, PDQ. They're actually saying the uh, users should ensure the system is behind a network firewall. You think, yeah. why don't you just include that in you and let the user turn it off if they've got their own, right? Mm-hmm. Why don't they... Err yeah. on the side of caution rather on the side of mm-hmm. madness, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just find it very difficult to know. Anyway, so we don't have to dwell on that too no. long, But I just know I'll be checking the manufacturer of the car wash before <laughs> I enter yeah. the car wash. Where am I going now? I mean, I mean, basically, as I will never use an app before I enter a car wash to program the car wash, I think I'll be safe. So. Yeah. I just want one where you drive in and it... Has stupid micro switches that figure out where the rolls are. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the next one. Oh, uh, ro- about robots. Yeah, let me let me I'll, ahead, let yeah. me cover this. I'll just start this one. But again, um, it's at the Black Hat conference in Vegas, and uh, this poor company uh, who manufacture a safe, uh, a Sentry safe. Which is uh-huh. a, a, manu- a name, Sentry Safe. Yeah. Um, live on stage, a couple of guys set up this robot that they've uh-huh. specially made that kind of attached to the front of the safe. And basically, the, the robot, inverted commas, uh, broke the safe. And in 30 minutes. In 30 minutes. And it's actually, I don't know whether you read the detail of how it did it, but it's actually quite fascinating yeah. how it did it because it, it actually listens for a, I think an, I think it's an audio pickup. Yeah. And it listens for a particular signal characteristic. Like we have seen them with this click. Yeah, but this is a particular click and it means that internally a particular uh, kind of tooth on a combination wheel is lined up with another one. And it's listening for that that gave them the... Um, the, the combination. Way, the way to break the safe. Because, uh-huh. you know, we've all seen the old movies where, you know, they have the old stethoscope. Yeah, the stethoscope and, the, and trying to listen well, there. Well, that, that is what this does. Yeah. 
which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it does it down to a point where it only has to figure out, uh, it only has to try a thousand combinations, and of course, mm-hmm. motorized control controls. It's easy, right? That's yeah. where that's where the thirty minutes comes in. I presume is all the yeah the thousand jiggles, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. And they've also done it so that you can um, um, print three D print alternative interface bits for it to attach onto different safes. <laughs> so I, I'm I'm assuming this will be available yeah. on, the, on the black web short on exactly. the dark web shortly, right? And if you were curious, the combination was fifty one. 3693 and interestingly uh, again if you read the details of it uh-huh. apparently this type of safe and it's not uh, uncommon this is quite common uh-huh. uh, the safe will actually open even if you don't get the exact combination you just have to be within a few of the crowd. wow yeah. <laughs> I didn't know I didn't know that uh, anyway this robot uh, the cost of it may put you off if you're wanting to rob safes full of jewels and things. <laughs> if you wanted to make your full-time job. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you want to make these for a living, I'm sure the plans are available from somewhere, and it will cost you around $200 to do that. So it's, uh-huh. not, it's not exactly a huge barrier, is it? And they had a comment from the safe manufacturer saying that um, uh, not the... Somebody would have to be fairly determined to actually end up using a robot. A robot, like that. But then you think, well, yeah, well, they would be because they're trying to get what's inside it. So, and I if think you spend two hundred dollars for that, but you're expecting to get more than that, and you can use it on more than one safe. You, you could even call it a good investment. Exactly, <laughs> <laughs> a capital investment yeah. in your safe breaking business, right? So, quite interesting, I think. Uh huh. Uh, it was really, really interesting, also, that one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, they, I think those are our two black hat conference yep. news items, aren't they? Mm-hmm. And I'm sure we'll have a few more before it's over. Oh, yeah. But now, let's go to the main topic. Ah. Okay. Confusion. <laughs> Confusion. We're here. Yes. Shall I start... Yes, you can start now. Do you mind? No, no, go ahead. I don't want to, you know, don't no, no, step no. on your toes. And no, all. it's fine. Go okay, ahead. Thank you. Okay, well, this week's topic is called Confusion, and it's actually about fusion energy, mm-hmm. right? Uh, some of you, most of you have probably kind of heard of it, maybe are more aware of it than others, but... It's kind of like been with us a long time. Mm-hmm. And if we just give you a kind of a potted thing, right, quick resume uh, of fusion. So, I mean, basically for decades, fusion power has been kind of like almost a dream, really. It's been a... It's part even of sci-fi books. Absolutely. So... You know, most, a lot of, uh, a lot of spaceships are fusion powered. In sci-fi, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Fusion this, fusion that, uh-huh. blah, blah, blah. Exactly. You, you seem to be just to be able to buy them in stores. and So in itself, it's already it's in, a little bit of a dream. It's um, in the folklore, right? Yeah. It's like kind of almost in technology for folklore, mm-hmm. isn't it? But in fact, obviously, fusion's a, a real thing, but actually achieving it would appear to be 
quite a big problem. Well, it is mm-hmm. a big problem. So basically, fusion is the thing that makes our sun work and yeah. all stars, right? And if we could achieve it uh, in reality on the Earth, then we would, and we've kind of heard this before, we actually heard this, what I'm about to say, when fission, uh, when fission nuclear power came out, it was built in the same way and it didn't turn out to be this. But mm-hmm. um, fusion power is, um, is meant to be uh, almost limitless uh, and it is safe and a clean source of energy because it doesn't produce the highly radioactive waste materials. Exactly. That, that like does. the fission does. So a fission reactors that we have all over the world today... Uh, the stuff that comes out of those, you would not want to have that mm-hmm. in your immediate vicinity because it's going to be radioactive for like 50,000 years or something stupid. Mm-hmm. And uh, you just don't want to be anywhere near it. So yeah, uh, the waste product from uh, uh, fusion is mostly, I believe, hydrogen and water. Which in turn can also be used. We can, you can kind of use it again. So um, the problem is that, it, that achieving fusion has remained very frustratingly out of reach and uh, physicists have been attempting to actually get it going mm-hmm. uh, since the 50s and we're still, oh, not, yeah. still not there yet. And in fact, there is a joke in the industry, <laughs> in the community, which is that um, if you ask somebody when we're going to have nuclear fusion, they'll say 30 years Unfortunately, they've been saying 30 years since the 1950s. 50s. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and it's still 30 years. And basically, fusion is the, very basically, fusion is the opposite of fission. So fission mm-hmm. is to break, blow the nucleus uh-huh. of, a, of an atom apart, and we end up with all these horrible radioactive materials. Mm-hmm. Whereas fusion, we're actually trying to force uh, particles together. And the act of forcing them together releases huge amounts of energy, mm-hmm. but it is clean energy. And we actually do know how to do it because every time we set off a nuclear bomb, a thermonuclear mm-hmm. weapon, that is a fusion reaction. Now, the real challenge is to actually do that in a controlled way. Yeah, so that, all like that a, amount of energy that is released, you can yeah. control it and somehow... Store it or direct it. It's kind of like a slow nuclear explosion. Mm-hmm. It's like a continuous nuclear explosion yeah. in a controlled environment. So that's what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And we thought maybe before we did that, we'd just look at why do we need fusion energy anyway, right? We generate loads of electricity, blah, yeah. blah, blah. What do we need it well, for? It's still our form of uh, producing energy. Not everything is still clean or safe. So. Well, exactly. Well, it, nuclear energy isn't clean or safe. Exactly. Right. But it actually accounts for quite a small um, mm-hmm. percentage. Actually, only four point four percent of global electricity is produced with nuclear. Yeah. This is based on the 2015 2015 figures from uh, the sources World Energy. Mm -hmm. And basically, 84% of the electricity produced is from oil, coal, and gas. And Mm -hmm. I'm just going to point it out because maybe some people don't know, but we're going to run out of those things, right? 
So these are fossil fuels, and we're burning through them at an alarming rate. Yeah. And actually, the amount of energy we're actually having to expend and uh, environmental damage we're creating to actually get at these reducing deposits Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is, you know, we're now building up a high price tag on these sources. So basically, uh, just to give you a quick split, um, gas, natural gas, um, is about 24% of world electricity production. Yeah. Um, around 30% is coal, and we all know how horrible that is. In fact, of, oh, the, yeah. of these, gas, natural gas is the cleanest, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, coal is not a good idea. Yeah. Even even though there are clean coal technologies, nobody's using them. And just as a thing, up until very, very recently, China, who have huge energy growth demands, yeah. they were opening a new coal-fired power station every 10 days. Wow. I mean, this is how big China is, right? Mm-hmm. That these kinds of things happen. But, but even they've started to slow down because they've... They have huge pollution problems. Obviously. Oh, yeah. So anyway, about 30% is coal, and the rest of it is good old oil, right? Mm-hmm. And, of course, we know we, we are going to run out of oil, and it's getting harder and harder to get at the deposits, as it is with coal and gas. So that is where we are in 2015. And just to give it a quick snapshot of... You don't have to understand what this means exactly, but Mm -hmm. at the moment, our energy consumption in total globally is around 400 exajoules. Now, that all I'm going to say is that's a lot. Yeah, definitely. All you have to think about is these are relative numbers. So right now we're at uh, the high estimate is about 400 exajoules, and actually the low limit is not much different, to be honest. We're around 400 exajoules mm-hmm. at the moment. And what you've got to kind of look at is, well, what growth are we expecting in energy and what yeah. might we need to do about it, right? So, again, looking at a World Energy uh, report, <laughs> reports, um, they have done, and there are lots of these, but this is a very comprehensive report, a very well-regarded they looked at growth of energy consumption between now and 2050. Mm-hmm. And the low estimate is that it will grow by 50%, and the high estimate is that it will double. Yeah. And uh, the low estimate will rise our current energy from four, around 400 exajoules yeah. to over 600. Okay? And the high estimate is a doubling. So Doubling, yeah. Uh, this is, sorry, that is the high estimate, is uh, 400 to over 600. So somehow we've got to figure out a way of generating all this energy. Yeah. And fusion is meant to plug that gap. Well, if you are finally able to control that fusion, mm. you don't need at all all the other sources. Well, you would... I agree, but then politics comes into it, like geopolitics, yeah, of course. It? And of course, and where we are at the moment is is kind of like the next mm-hmm. kind of section we want to talk about is 
what are, what are we doing about making fusion technology real? Yeah. Because it is very difficult engineering-wise. Um, and what we've done is we've pulled together what is currently going on. So the largest effort is called the International Thermonuclear Experimental Reactor, or ITER, it's called. ITER, yeah. And that is actually located in southern France. Cadarache. Cadarache. It's a huge place. And that is actually an international uh, effort. And there are seven main members, China, India, Japan, South Korea, and the European Union, which is, of course, the whole of the European (laughs) Union. Yeah and the Russian Federation and the US to a lesser degree. And what is happening with ITER, right? Mm -hmm. Well, the current situation is that it's five years behind. Now, this is not a surprise because the technology is really challenging and they're looking at an event called First plasma, which is where they get this superheated gas mm-hmm. going inside this donut-shaped reactor, yeah. which is held in there by huge magnetic fields. Mm-hmm. That's not going to happen until 2025. 2025. Yeah. And well, we're not that far yet. We're not, but that's five years behind, so yeah. that's probably going to slip as well, right? Mm-hmm. And they're saying that the first experiments with ITER... Uh, are looking like when they're actually going to be burning the real deal fuel is going to be at least 2032. I'm probably going to be dead. (laughs) That's seven years after. After the possibly first plasma. Uh So the general view is that these are just tentative dates. Yeah. And so far, as far as I understand it, this project has cost somewhere around... I think it's 15 to 20 billion euros. Wow. So by the time they've finished, um, it had better work, let's put it that way. Yeah. And the problems that they're facing are not so much that they don't know how to make fusion happen. They do know how mm-hmm. to make fusion happen. The problem is what it's potentially its effects on the materials that are... Mm-hmm. Because these... This plasma has to run at 100 million degrees centigrade. And there is obviously no material known that can withstand mm-hmm. that, which is why they contain the plasma in this magnetic uh, bottle, for want of a better yeah. word. Yeah, without damaging anything it, around. It cannot touch the sun. It's yeah. right. And the, the problem is that when the, when the plasma is at full tilt and fusion is occurring is uh, there's a huge generation of, I think it's neutrons, and that damages the special steels in the... Wow. And they have to figure out all this. It's kind of engineering. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Literally, the problems are engineering problems, not will fusion work. We know it will because, work. Because, like you said at the beginning... It's material. Fusion, you know how to do the fusion. We just drop a bomb, right? That's it. The problem is contain it. The yeah. problem is how do you contain that? Yeah, it's like I want to set off a nuclear explosion, but I want to keep it in this box. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be a special box, right? Uh-huh. And and this is what they're trying to do. And it's 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 an s- unbelievable engineering challenge. No, totally. But anyway, so that is an international effort. Uh-huh. 
So there are, in fact, some country efforts. Trying to do uh, yeah. a, um, a collaboration. Kind and... of, they're not totally relying on ITA. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And they're kind of thinking, well, I think we need a, maybe another string to our bow, right? Yeah, like China, yeah. USA, Russia, and the UK. And they're only the main ones. There are other mm-hmm. countries doing yeah, stuff. Yeah, for sure. But China, obviously, are not big on sharing, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they've got a thing called the Experimental Advanced Superconducting Tokamak. Tokamak. And Tokamak is actually one of these Taurus things, which is similar to uh-huh. ITA, right? And it recently set a world record for creating a plasma hotter than the core of the sun. Wow. That burns steadily for a minute. Now, that does sound impressive, but apparently... That is not as impressive as it sounds because in order for us to achieve fusion on the Earth, mm-hmm. we haven't got the advantage of the crushing gravity that is on the sun. So the temperature yeah. at the center of the sun can create fusion because of the gravity crushing it in. Crushing it down, yeah. To do it on the Earth, we have to achieve a temperature far higher than that because we've got no gravity to help. So, yeah. They're doing some stuff, but they're, they're not there yet, shall we say. Mm-hmm. Then in the US, they're, they're having real problems at the moment. Uh, their most advanced effort is the Princeton Plasma Physics Laboratory, mm-hmm. and that is currently shut down as of today. Technical problems. Technical problems. And it's to do with, they think there have been some manufacturing mm-hmm. errors or flaws that's a- affecting... Uh, how the reactor's working, and it doesn't seem to work as mm-hmm. they expect it to. And then Russia, another, you know, big sharer, right? Yeah. Uh, they've got a thing called the gas dynamic trap, and it's a new experiment that they're currently still trying to get funds for. They've mm-hmm. kind of gone part way, and it involves heating the plasma with uh, microwaves. Microwaves, yeah. And, again, this is a bit misleading, but they have actually said they've exceeded the required temperature for fusion. The problem is a lot of the, when they, they keep mm-hmm. quoting temperatures at the centre of the sun. Yeah. And that's no good, right? No. Like you were saying, it doesn't really apply to our current no, situation and we environment. Haven't, we so. haven't got the crushing gravity, right? So mm-hmm. we've got to replace the gravity by super high temperatures, mm-hmm. which is a problem. And then in the UK, we've got this... New mega amp. Yeah. Spherical. Tokamak. Tokamak. And this is brand new. It's just been commissioned this year. And uh, it is looking very promising as a major tool mm-hmm. for kind of uncovering some of the issues that will probably feed into this ITER project. Yeah. So on a kind of global and governmental, individual governmental mm-hmm. stages are huge. Clearly, there's a lot of belief yeah. that this is the way forwards, but all these projects are super expensive. Mm-hmm. The reactors that they're talking about are huge, like big as a block of... Well, it has to be. A pot. Well, that's the interesting thing because... I mean, it has to be now. Well, it would be better if it was now. Uh-huh. But that's when we come to other efforts 
private industry. Now, yeah. Interestingly, interestingly, there are a bunch of rich dudes around the world. Now we know we've got the we're now in this age uh-huh. where private individuals, certain private individuals have accumulated so much wealth yeah, that they can they can do stuff that yeah. previously only a government could do. So you have your examples of your Musk with his SpaceX. Uh, again, Musk with his Tesla thing and his electric yeah. cars. Which he's going to release on a new model. Re- yeah. I think he's just done it, the $35,000 model. Uh-huh. So you have these super wealthy individuals who can actually have a go mm-hmm. at doing something using their own money. And in fact, there are a number of... Um, there are a number of uh, very rich individuals who have done just that. Uh-huh. And what we thought we'd do is just give you an eyeball of a couple of a couple of those things. Yeah. And that, that is a bit misleading, that, that headline. Yeah. Um, there's a, a UK effort uh, by a guy called Richard Dynan. He's actually a multi-millionaire, obviously. And... He has decided to invest his money into a uh, fusion project and he's kind of got that together in the UK uh, privately. And if I can find the right bit of the notes. Yeah. (laughs) All right. He has actually set aside 200 million dollars sorry 200 million pounds Pounds. now we're talking real money (laughs) Uh, that is about 400 million dollars about half a billion Uh about half a billion dollars and he has um um raised that with a bunch of investors and himself he's created a startup called applied fusion systems he's betting on 3d printing or building a lot of uh, the components to build up. Uh, exactly. He's looking for 3D build, mm-hmm. uh, printing to kind of create some shortcuts in uh, yep. fabrication. And he is not the only one. His is a UK company. They're looking to produce two small tokamaks, uh-huh. like no bigger than the room we're in now. Uh-huh. Um, and obviously it's a long shot. But if they can do it, then uh, the world, shall we say, will beat a path to their door. But, of course, they're not the only ones. And Amazon's Jeff Bezos, Uh he also is backing another fusion project in the US, as is uh, PayPal co-founder Peter Thiel. Uh Uh-huh. And the Microsoft co-founder. Yeah, and the Microsoft co-founder, Paul Allen, and the former vice president of Google, Mike Cassidy. Yeah. So basically they're all um, looking at uh, how to produce uh, fusion, but on a much smaller scale. And the, yeah, the thing I, th- I believe is that the moment somebody is able to produce it, yeah. They will try to hold probably rights over that and, you know. You're going for the conspiracy theory now. I'm going for the conspiracy theory this and is, the money. This is, follow the money. Yeah, I think those rich people, unless they are truly altruistic, yeah, 
Oh, you think they'll try and control it? They'll try to control it. Well, you know, um, on a similar thing, you know, um, Elon Musk has mm-hmm. got his building his mega battery factory yeah. in Nevada, right? Mm-hmm. Now, he, I don't know whether you, you're aware of this, but that company mm-hmm. manufactures a domestic um, energy storage plant that you can okay. that you can put in your home. Yeah. And it's about as big as your fridge freezer. Yeah. Your fridge. Uh-huh. Right? It's about that big. And basically it will store energy from solar panels that they manufacture. Yeah, yeah. And, but have you seen those panels that they manufacture? They look like roof slates. Yeah, they look like normal. Like normal slate. roofing. Yeah, right? yeah. So basically you you put those on your roof, you couple that with your his uh, mega battery. Uh-huh. And it stores juice during during the day, obviously. Yeah. And at night, it regenerates and provides power while it's nighttime. Mm-hmm. Now, there is a guy with the potential to kind of sit on it or be bought out or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And he's put up. And I might also add, actually, that the UK government has recently, like last week, mm-hmm. announced an initiative to look at how individual homeowners can actually generate their yeah. own power and any extra they generate, they can feed into the national grid. Mm-hmm. So I actually think there is, mm, a, there is an a, interesting one. I think there is an appetite for, let's face it, power infrastructure is incredibly expensive. Right? And the way it's now run starts to be a little bit obsolete. It's all getting all, mm-hmm. all, all these tech. If you look at like, if we must look at the internet, yeah, the the internet has revolutionised telephony. Although not everybody is aware of it, in that mm-hmm. people think that their old telephone that they pick up and yeah. press the buttons is copper wire that goes. Blah, blah. It isn't. Right? I can tell mm-hmm. you now that that bit of copper wire, yes, it goes out of your house. Yeah. It goes to the end of the street, and, mm-hmm. then it, and then it turns into the internet, right? Yeah. And that's how the modern telephony networks work. But there's not been a similar change in the way we distribute power since yeah. the beginning of the 20th yeah, century. Yeah, it has not changed. It hasn't changed. It's just got bigger, more expensive. Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, there were some... More vulnerable to attack. Yes, it was exactly what I was about, uh, was about to say. Some of the controllers for this distribution have been automated. Hmm. You are more weak there. Hmm. And interestingly enough, there are other communication technologies going over still electricity and uh, yeah. all ways. Like as simple as a range extender, for example, for your Wi-Fi. Right. You can plug it to the electricity in the other side of the room or the house, you plug another one. Mm. There you go. Your coverage is extended through yeah. the power cable. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know. I I think I think we're entering a period of huge changes. Mm-hmm. I think I said that change that change was going to is going to be phenomenal, right? Yeah. Because if you think about it, this UK government announcement is actually a very sensible announcement because everybody governments are really concerned about infrastructure mm-hmm. vulnerabilities only to cyber attack yeah. right so if you make power generation 
distributed mm-hmm. yeah. literally down to the individual house, that's not really going to be a problem, is it? Because mm-hmm. you're making it impervious yeah. as time goes by to sign uh-huh. and stuff. Anyway, we're getting away from the subject. And um, just covering these smaller private attempts to create fusion solutions, mm-hmm. they all have the same problem, uh, which is they've got to get to this temperature. Which is 100 million centigrade. centigrade. I think wow. it doesn't matter whatever unit you want to choose. That's still a big number. <laughs> it's already big. <laughs> it's already a big number. Because they said that this is six times the temperature at the center of the sun. Exactly. So these other projects going, oh, we've achieved center of the sun. Yeah, so, right? You still need more. Yeah, try harder. Yeah. Come, come back when you've done a bit more. <laughs> so, so basically... Um, if we look at one of these uh, projects, they've currently managed to get to 23 million degrees now. Yeah. Clearly, 23 million degrees is hot, right? Yeah. But it ain't hot enough. And nobody's going to crack it without doing that. Oh, yeah. So, yes, there are several small operations trying to to do it, mm-hmm. but nobody has got to this magic 100 million degrees. I think Nobody. that's hard to achieve. But this, this is an engineering challenge, right? Yeah. We, it's, it's how, do you, how do you create the environment for that to occur in? Mm-hmm. You, know you, can, you know it's possible. How do you do it? Yeah. Yeah, so if we just give you an example... Yeah. Um, literally uh, in the last three months, mm-hmm. um, a brand new private effort in the UK uh, has been kind of switched on, and that is a company called Tokamak Energy, Energy. and their reactor is called ST40, uh-huh. and it has achieved a plasma in the, again, it's another, this is actually a spherical uh Chamber. Uh, chamber. So it's not kind of like a donut. Mm-hmm. It is mm-hmm. like a sphere. A sphere. And it's I think it's about four meters across. It's not mm-hmm. very it's not very big. And they obviously are trying to get to the uh hundred million degrees, degrees. Celsius. Celsius, yeah. Of they're not they're not there. At that temperature, that is called the fusion threshold. And everybody will be drinking <laughs> champagne on that day, right? If they reach it, whoa, it's if going they, to be If that. they reach it, it'll be incredible. Um, now, they believe that their compact reactor, the ST40, may not be the final one, mm-hmm. but they think that it is possible that something derived from it will be able to achieve actual fusion. Mm-hmm. And... Um, once they do that, and there's a picture of it, it's really not that big, is it? No, but there was an interesting uh, thing around there. Yeah. Uh, a little there. That uh, the MIT mm. uh, oh, yeah. became the first to sustain high-performance plasma up to 300 million degrees yes. Celsius, 400 million degrees Fahrenheit, but was only for 70 mm-hmm. seconds. Yeah. That's where we're at. Right? Yeah. But, you know... Mm-hmm. You've got to start somewhere, right? Now, yeah. Now, the, the Tokamak Energy, 
are currently aiming to get to um, 15 million degrees Celsius in the next few months. Uh-huh. And in 2018, they're hoping to achieve 100 million. That's quite a, yeah. that's quite a leap, right? Well, it'd be great if they finally manage it. The thing is, it's these kinds of people who mm-hmm. believe these things are possible. They try, right? Yeah. It's better to try than not to try at all. And these people are trying. And even, let us say, they get very close, even if they achieve it, mm-hmm. they will they will be turning away development funds at that point, yeah. right? Because whoever can achieve it first, that's where the money's going to flow, isn't like it? Like I told you, they will control it. They will control the money, the investment. I, I agree. But yeah, but we don't live on a planet yeah. where people give away energy solutions, do we? No. We never Trump. have, right? Mm-hmm. So no matter what it is, people have got to be paid. Yeah. yeah. I think we're not living in uh, utopia. Um, commercial capitalism, for want of a better word, is the driving force. Obviously, these these entrepreneurs mm-hmm. hope to make a profit. Um, yeah. You never know. They could mm-hmm. they could form a a non profit manufacturing corporation to sell them at cost. Yeah. That would I would be shocked. I'd probably die on the spot if that happened. <laughs> because we just don't live in that kind of world, right? Yeah. So but at least it solves a lot of issues, even if even if it does cost. The, mm-hmm. the the number of issues it solves is probably worth paying a price. For sure. Just not any mm-hmm. price, obviously. But. Uh-huh. So, I don't know. I I think these people should be encouraged and... Um, no, that's for sure. This is the kind of thing that will change humanity. Exactly. This is a huge turning point. Exactly. The, the thing is, in a way, technology is the easy thing to change. Mm-hmm. Change Changing... How people think. That's a hard one. Always. That's, another, that's yeah. a subject for another. Exactly. Down the rabbit hole, which we probably will never do. <laughs> because we don't want that. Because, yeah, <laughs> because we've, change. we've been paid not to do that. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's no good news there. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, so, just to yeah. summarize, just mm-hmm. to summarize. So, there are huge international efforts. It's behind schedule. Um, the problems are purely engineering problems. We know we can create fusion. Um, if you look at the international effort, you're looking at at least 2030, 2040. Yeah. And, and that's just proof of concept. That is not a reactor that other people can build. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then we have the government-led efforts in individual countries. There are at least five. Yeah. Um, that we know of. That we know of, and I'm sure there are more. Mm-hmm. And then we have private enterprise, which is probably where most of the action, innovative stuff is going to take place. True. And there are at least seven, probably 12 privately driven efforts, most of them in, in the US, I must say. Uh-huh. Um, and one of those may pull a rabbit out might of the hat, it, right? Yeah. 
You just don't know. So who knows? Maybe we'll be coming back to you and reporting next year that somebody's achieved Ooh. that magic 100 million. We the, there, right? Yeah, we're close. Yeah, in one of these compact reactors. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So... Yeah, that would be interesting. So maybe, hopefully, we've removed a bit of the confusion for you. The confusion about fusion. About fusion. Things are moving forwards. Mm-hmm. Um, just not as fast as people would like. So, for sure. So that is where we are. I think yeah. uh, we just wanted to give you a And maybe for another topic, then we can talk about cold fusion. Cold fusion, very interesting. There's a lot of research on that in Russia. Uh huh, exactly. But they always research weird stuff. All kind of stuff. And then you never hear about it again. We even talk about teleportation, remember, some time ago? Oh, we did. At the beginning that they were researching. You're right. (laughs) There's one thing I just wanted to cover, Uh just to finish. Where is our show notes? Uh, There. And the next one. There there we are. Yeah, there's Mm -hmm. one. I'm jumping between notes here. Sorry about that, people. Uh, <laughs> just a couple of things to finish with. A film. Uh-huh. Have you seen that film? No. It was nominated for many Academy Awards. I saw it when it came out because I'm very old. <laughs> and it's called... The, I mean, yeah. sounds familiar, but I'm not really sure. I, I will have to see a, at least a trailer to right. see if I see it or not. Well, I saw it or it's not. called The China Syndrome. It was made in 1979. Director Jim Bridges... And the main stars are Jane Fonda, Jack Lemmon, and Michael Douglas. Maybe some mm-hmm. of you even know who they are. Well, I do know who they are. Well, actually. I'm sure you do, but you're a little older, possibly. Yeah. Um, but the China Syndrome is actually a thing. So uh-huh. if you have a meltdown in a nuclear reactor, if the bottom melts out of the reactor, the fuel, this was a theory that's thought to be true, mm-hmm. that if the fuel melts through the bottom of the reactor, it could go all the way to China. Wow. That's <laughs> what the China syndrome is. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So if it was in the US and there was a meltdown, it could melt its way all the way through to China. It's just a concept, yeah. but that's how hot it is. Right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So anyway, this film is about a meltdown. Uh, and it's like, nuclear plant, And yeah. it's done in a kind of... Uh, documentary-ish style in that oh, okay. there's, there's a news team in the reactor do yeah. it, doing a how does it all work thing when it actually melts down. Uh-huh. It's a good film. Good film. Pretty old, though. But still good. And I found, well, a book. A book I actually yeah. couldn't find a book about that involved a kind of a meltdown scenario or whatever, nuclear thing. But this book is quite interesting because it's old. Yeah. It's from 1959, right? This, I mean, literally, uh, nuclear power was really only becoming into the public awareness in maybe just a few years before this, 1953 maybe, something Mm -hmm. like that. Anyway, this book is called Alas Babylon by an author called Pat Frank from 1959. The book's title is derived from um, the Bible, Mm-hmm. Uh, Revelation 18.10. Uh, I'm sure Rafa knows what that is, but I'll read it out just in case because I didn't know. And, <laughs> Me either, and, so I'll and, just read it. And the quote is, Alas, alas, that great city Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour is thy judgment come. And it's basically about a nuclear uh, catastrophe in the U.S., 
Uh-huh. It's about how people kind of come back from it. And a little side note. That is, one is an interesting one. Yeah, is that John Lennon was given a copy of Alas, Babylon, and apparently he spent all night reading it in one go. Uh-huh. And it's thought to have fueled his anti-war fervor. And is quite a, kind of an interesting anecdote mm-hmm, on, mm-hmm. on the that book. So I, I have not so, read Something that like book. a cooperation to the lyrics of Imagine. Yeah, maybe. You know, just yeah. like Forrest Gump. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like that. Yeah. So yeah, interesting book. Uh, very good film, highly recommended. Uh-huh. I don't know whether it stood the test of time because I haven't seen it for 20 years at least. Uh-huh. Uh, but, you know. There you go. So there you have it. There you go. Confusion Confusion. revealed, shall we say. And we reached the end of the show of today. Thank you for listening. Remember that if uh, you have comments, Mm. share them. If you're still confused. If you're still confused or you think we were confused, confusing you, or we are wrong... Let's just let us know. Yeah, let us know. Yeah. Yeah. Because we know nothing about literally nothing. <laughs> and if you like the show, uh, recommend it to somebody else. Yeah. That'd be a good that idea. That would be a good idea and yeah. will help us a lot. Yeah. And uh, listen in for the next one. Mm-hmm. So, see you next week, Carl. Yeah, see you. Bye bye. All names, sounds, logos, and other related items are owned by their respective trademark and copyright holders. This podcast is a production of Dark Mind Radio. Go to darkmindradio.com to find out more. All rights reserved, Dark Mind Radio 2017.